Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. Welcome to that Davis show and friends of the show we've had on plenty of times. Mark Grody, Chicago Bears sideline reporter for De- reporter for WSCR Radio. Also, you could take him filling in sometimes. All right, you can see Grody everywhere, but Grody, since this is a Grody show right here, is this is full on Grody. Tell me about the podcast, man. I was sitting there perusing through your timeline today, and I see you got a new podcast as well. Yeah, I appreciate you asking about it. It is uh, a new experience. I'm working with this uh, thing called the Podcast Entertainment Network. It's a brand new network that I've gone in with a with a few friends, business partners, I suppose you could you could put it as. And I've been doing a, a list podcast, but now to add to the fun, I've decided to finally add a sports podcast. And it is the I don't even know if I can get the title right now. It's the App Mark Grody Sports Super Duper podcast show or something like that it's a ridiculous title and we did that on purpose because we don't want to take ourselves too seriously and the reason for the title ken is that my twitter handle is at mark grody sports and i often get my balls busted for being the sports guy at the sports radio station that says he is at Mark Grody Sports. I'm, I'm the sports guy. I stole it. Like, I, I'm on the ground floor for Mr. Sports. So I decided to kind of play on that. But, yeah, just launched it. And it's going to be, like, maybe, like, 20 minutes of hardcore, serious sports. And then we'll have some fun. I'll do some of my silly impersonations. We'll try to do some skits and just kind of make it a sports variety show. But I appreciate you asking about it, man. Thanks. I had to. I had to. I, I saw that. I have to listen to it. I, I didn't have enough time today. Today has been pretty busy, but I definitely plan on checking it out. I appreciate you, man. Always. Always back at you. So let's dive into this Bears, unfortunately. And I say unfortunate, <laughs> Mark, because I feel there's a part of me that feels like that I'm in a good mood right now, and Sunday night may be the prolonged period of time where I'm not in a good mood, especially when we have to provide content that's surrounding the Bears if the Bears aren't going well. So Brad Biggs from the Tribune reported that Eddie Goldman is doubtful for this game. Looking at past games versus the Los Angeles Rams, part of the key was stopping the run and forcing it on Jared Goff. Now Jared Goff is gone, and now it's a whole better quarterback in Matthew Stafford. But particularly when it comes to stopping the run, what's your expectation with Eddie Goldman out, and who steps into that 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 role first? I know I know they brought in two uh, defensive tackles, but also Kyrus Tonga being drafted in the latter rounds of the draft. Who's going to step up? Because I'm leery of Bilal Nichols having to move over again uh, from the five technique. Yeah, absolutely. And I I imagine that Bilal Nichols will cover some of it. You mentioned the rookie seventh rounder, Kyrus Tonga, as well. I'm not sure how ready he is at this point. I mean, all of the grades on him in camp have been positive, but that doesn't mean he's ready for the prime time. So I think Tonga will get some run. Another guy who's had a very successful camp has been Angelo Blackson. So I imagine that he will, he probably would have been in the rotation anyway, but we'll have to see how they use them and rotate those guys. And I, 
I think it's going to be a matter of what they see is working best in that regard. And it is tough. I mean, finally, it looked like we were going to see, and we haven't seen a lot of it over the last two, three years, and that is those two guys, Akeem Hicks, being on the field at the same time as Eddie Goldman. Just we haven't seen a lot of it, and you've seen the effects of it. So, yeah, he, he is doubtful, and it, I, I've been there every day this week. It doesn't feel good. Doubtful prob- probably means he's not going to play. It just feels that way because he hasn't stepped on the practice field. Haven't seen him one time in the last couple of days. So, yeah, I think you're going to have to figure out, at least for this week, life without without him, without Eddie Goldman. And I, I, unfortunately, I don't have a great answer for, for exactly who is going to be the stalwart in that spot, but I think they're going to try everybody, or those three guys that I mentioned. Grody, being the fact that you had your eyes on this, t- this team the entire camp, did you notice any differences from the last two years compared to this camp outside of, of course, it not being in Bourbon A and being at Hallis Hall? Yeah, I mean, because everything was so messed up last year, obviously, with, with COVID, there really wasn't much of a camp. So they, one of the goals that Matt Nagy had had this year was moving things along a little bit more quickly, like having the pace be more rapid while they were out there on all the fields. I think I did see some of that, like the movement compared to previous years that I've I've covered training camp and I, I i don't really know what that means exactly or if that helps in any way shape or form i imagine it's just a way to keep everybody on the same page and keep attention high out there so yeah i mean i, I thought it was a a pretty good camp overall um you know there you always have guys that stand out in training camp and you know make names for themselves and we saw some of that during this camp as well so you know we'll see what it all means and, and i think that the biggest part of, of training camp for all of us or those of us who cover it is that we were so locked in on every move that justin fields made that this was and it took me you know this long to get to that and when you ask about training camp it was about justin fields <laughs> and sharing him to, forget everything else i just said that was all a bunch of bs but I, all that malarkey i just made up what was that it was about (laughs) justin fields and every step that dude took and who he was playing with and where the ball was being thrown and who he was what offensive line was out there with forget everything else it was about justin Fields. all right since uh, i'll get back to matt nagy in a minute since you brought up justin all right if 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 mark grody and of course that david show this is mark grody on with this follow him at mark grody sports um if you had your druthers how would you bring Justin Field along, Coach Mark Grody? Hmm. Well, I actually think that they've done a pretty good job so far with the way that they have handled him, just because, honestly, we've seen developments in him from the first couple of days of training camp. And I remember watching those first couple practices of his and watching Justin Fields make mistakes and seeing a huge gap between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, as in Dalton looked a lot better. And I've been saying it throughout this camp. It's bumper to bumper now. Like the gap has been closed. We have seen development out of him. That is Justin Fields, and he is so close to to being ready or passing up, or at least getting even with Andy Dalton. So, h- how would I develop him and bring him in? I, I think it would be really smart at this point to have to get him out there. I know that there's there is a there is a divide on whether or not. 
Justin Fields should come in and start a clean game, or maybe you have certain packages for Justin Fields where he comes in, whether it's red zone or goal line or something else. It doesn't have to be those two things. I do think it would be smart to get him a taste of that, not only for his sake and getting a taste in an NFL game in which he is not completely responsible for if Andy Dalton is starting, but also because the dude is a playmaker. And you just, the Bears have been starving for not just a quarterback for all these years, man, but playmakers. They've got one guy who is legit in that regard, Allen Robinson. He's a playmaker. Darnell Mooney might be. David Montgomery might be. Cole Komet might be. But right now, we know that Robinson is, and I'm pretty damn sure that Justin Fields is a playmaker too. So I'd like to see them bring him in, even in this game against the Rams, and I would like to see them start him sooner than later, like in the first somewhere in the first five games of the year, just because you got to see it. You got to see what he has, and if he really has closed the gap the way I think he has. I'm with you, Grody. I was a bye week guy and just watching him throughout camp and preseason. I got to week three. Well, I was kind of like, you know what? We can hasten this pace up. Well, you're early in the first quarter, like you said, about week five. Um, yeah. Any? Now, listen. I have a I have some hesitance with starting him. I think they should have a package for him in every in every uh-huh. at least every half, if not twice. But I'm leery because of the offensive line, and it it it, it it's frustrating. And I, I I know that a lot of people are fans of Charles Leno Jr. Um, but to sit there and to cut him when you at least had someone that's serviceable at left tackle, and you would have only had to worry about right tackle. It, it, it seems like you're going to cut your nose to spite your face, and it, it came to, to fruition as far as what happened with this offensive line. What are your expectations for this offensive line? How low, how how much, how many games, for instance, do you believe Jason Peters has in him? Because I think it's asking a lot if you think he can stay healthy for the entirety of this season. I mean, I think the the bear. I think optimistically, half the season, maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, we're going to find out pretty quickly. You know, we're we're going to know. Probably in this game against the Rams, what kind of shape he is in, whether he is able to remain stable at that left tackle. And that and and the the scary part is too, is that his backup is a rookie in Larry right. Borum. And I think that we can all say, like, I'm pretty high on Larry Borum, but he is a fifth round pick and he's a rookie. So the idea of just throwing him in there and thinking he is ready is just not a a realistic option at this point. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to find out a a lot about Jason Peters. But, I I mean, I agree with you about the offensive line. And and there is the theory of, all right, well, since Justin Fields is an elusive, you know, mobile quarterback – he might be better suited for this offensive line if it is to break down. And I'm like, no, 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 that's a bunch of garbage, in my opinion. Me too. He's going to be running a lot. And you know what? Players who run, they get tackled sometimes. Sometimes they get hit. So, you know, Andy Dalton, his, his act is getting rid of the ball. And Justin Fields' act is running. So I think that there's more inherent danger, actually, with a running quarterback than there is with somebody like Andy Dalton who has the ability to or the want to throw the ball away. So 
early on, I bought into that. I got to admit, I've kind of flip-flopped on this. I bought into the idea that Justin Fields, well, you got to get him in there again. Says, no, you don't want your rookie going out there. And yeah, he, he might make splash plays, you know, running plays, but maybe the sixth time he has to run and avoid the, the, the pass rush of Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd, maybe that's the time he gets hurt. So I just, I don't like the idea of it. And I think the offensive line is going to be uh, unless they surprise us, you know, unless, you know, Jason Peters is what he once was or to some degree, I, I think it's going to be a work in progress all year. It might be like last year where in the last five or six games, remember when they realigned everything and they they came up with gold and Sam Mustafer and getting Cody Whitehair back to guard. And it's, you know, obviously good that James Daniels is back this year. So your interior is good. But until they know that those two outside guys are the stalwarts you need in the NFL, you're, you're going to see a pretty conservative game plan out of Matt Nagy, which I think for some some purposes might be good. Yeah, and I agree with you. Uh, one, when you're talking about just Justin Fields' plan now and him running around, one, we're not even sure – how many plays that he can read the entirety of the field. So he, he may be a one, two read guy. And what I mean by that is he is going to make him take off running more often if, since he can't read the entirety of the field, which leads to your point of getting hurt because you're running all the time. I'm, I'm not a fan of he can run, put him in. I'm, a, I'm, I'm like, get this line together because you saw what Juan Castillo could do, as you just said last season, with trying to figure out which guys fit and becoming a cohesive unit. Let them try to become a cohesive unit. Jason Peters just got into camp. So let that take place. All right. That's that's how I feel in that direction. I want to get to Matt Nagy. Yesterday, um, he, he was asked a question about what made him kind of change his mind since last season about taking over the play call again. And he really didn't give a clear answer. And I, I, my question when I thought about this interviewing you today, has he given clearer answers since the, he's decided to reclaim the play call? Because I mean, outside of bravado, and if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out on my shield. I don't have a real reason on why he took back the play call. And look, personally, and I don't know Matt Nagy like that. I like Matt Nagy. Like, yeah. he, even though he's going to be frustrating what happens on the field, I kind of like, he seems like a guy that I could vibe with. Bravado is a great word. I think that is part of it, honestly. The best I can do to answer that question, and no, he hasn't really given a succinct answer, but he, he has said this a number of times. He loves to call plays. He has said that. He, he loves doing it. I think, he, I think it was excruciating for him last year when he gave up the play calling to Bill Lazor. I think he hated it, and I think he knew. It was almost like taking medicine, like, okay, I'm going to do this. But I, 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 it's going to be – I don't care. Like, if Bill Lazor was calling plays where the Bears scored 35 points a game, Matt Nagy, damn it, he was taking play calling back. That is what he feels like his worth is as a head coach. He may be underestimating himself. You know what I mean? Like, he, he came in here, and it's been all about offense and let, you know, Vic Fangio and Chuck Pagano and now Sean decide, let them deal with the defense. I I got the offense. I got the quarterback. And unfortunately for Matt Nagy, he has not lived up to that yet. His offenses have been average at best since he came in. Can a coach get better? Can a coach develop into a better play caller? Yeah, I think that that is possible. But Matt Nagy still has to show it. So I think there it, there is there's a lot of pressure on Matt Nagy going into this year. And if the offense is not good, say <coughs> – excuse me, you know, three or four games into it, will he give up play calling again? 
because he said the reason he did it is because, you know, he holds his players accountable and he held himself accountable. So I guess he would have, unless he's changing his overall philosophy, he would have to hold himself accountable again. But the, but the answer is he loves play calling and it doesn't get any, you know, better than that in terms of an answer that I would be able to give you. That Davis show with Bear Salah, reporter for WSCR, Mark Grody. Mark, let me ask you this. And I asked Matt Nagy this, and I want to know your opinion. Will he really commit to the run this season? And in your heart of hearts, can a leopard change his spots? The, the good money is on no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how to answer this anymore because I'm the one who keeps saying Yes, yes, he's, he gets it. He understands it. I think it was at the, the last time I was at a, a combine. I guess it was after 2019. Oh, no, it was the, it was the pan, whatever. But anyway, he, he talked about how, yeah, I mean, he's got to run more. He's got to run more. He's got to, yeah, I know, I know. I got to play to to my player's skill set. I have to play to the talent. We need time of possession. I mean, he talks about it a lot, but we we just haven't seen it from Matt Nagy. And last year, you know, David Montgomery ended up, you know, in the last five games, he was looking elite as a running back. I mean, he fi- we finally saw the full David Montgomery. So mm-hmm. hopefully Matt Nagy saw the same thing. And maybe he has, because the one thing that I feel like Matt Nagy has never had is complete trust in a running game. And that if one play goes backwards, like literally you lose a yard, he abandoned it. So, I don't know, man. I'd like to think he will, and I think that they're in a position where they have to because you have a strong interior of your offensive line at this point, and they're going to be – I mean, the Rams' defense is damn good. I mean, they were number one last year, and they're, they're, there shouldn't be much tail. There's no reason why they would fall off the map this year in terms of defense. So I think I think Nagy will understand that he has to, to run it. But I, I've, I've said that before, so – I can't. I don't want to get burned. I just don't want to get burned. I feel, I I feel you. Yeah, I feel yeah. you. I, yeah. Look, I want to ask you a question about Sean Desai. I was on a podcast and someone asked me about his future and they were kind of insinuating that down the line, if he's successful, could he perhaps take over the starting job? That's not the question I want to ask you. But I, I said something to them that I hadn't spoken aloud, but it had been in my mind in the past. And it was and I wish the best for Sean Desai. I believe he's as intelligent as everyone says. But in a situation where you have a coach that's kind of on the hot seat, how many big name coordinators were going to take that job? Like, so like, I, I'm happy he has the job, but I, I'm ask, I guess the question I'm asking, does he have it by default because nobody else is going to come in here for one year and perhaps be fired with Matt Nagy? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. And it really hasn't come up enough, you know, in terms of the, the candidates that came through Hal's hall for that job. And I, and I agree with you too. It does seem like Sean Desai checks all the boxes in terms of his competency as a coordinator. I will say this though, that I don't know how hot the Matt Nagy seat is because honestly, his bosses have given no indication of, of that. And I know Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy are kind of one and the same in terms. So, so Ryan Pace has supported him, obviously. George McCaskey, the chairman of the board, has supported him and given no reason for us to think that 
he he's on any kind of hot seat. It's easy for us to project that just because, you know, I mean, back-to-back eight in seasons the last two years and underperforming on offense. But I don't know that his seat is as hot as other coaches are in the NFL. It's probably a little bit warm. And if things go really badly, like a three- or four-win season, then the seat will get hot. But I, I, I think that he has more job security than people think, although the outside perception may, may be different and that might have kept some coordinators from wanting to work here. Mm, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Last one. Well, actually, it's a two-parter. What's your expectations for this game and then later on your expectations for this season? First of all, I don't do two-parters. So I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not in my contract. I tell, I told your producer, no two-part questions. I don't do that crap. Apologies. <laughs> no, wait, what, what was the first question? What do you expect to happen in this upcoming game Sunday night? Oh, man. Yeah, so I'm already on record saying I think that, that this one's this is going to be a tough one for the Bears. I do think that the Rams are going to win it. I, I think I'm going Rams. I think it's going to be close because, you know, every NFL game is close and it's the beginning of the year and everybody's hyped and healthy. I think it's going to be a Rams 24-17 to 17 win. Um, you know, it's it's Matthew Stafford, and I, I he, he's dangerous. The Bears have seen him. They are familiar with his work. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to help the Bears because we've seen Matthew Stafford burn the Bears in the past. I mean, we're not talking like a ex or a um, you know Aaron Rodgers effect with Matthew Stafford. I don't want to overdo it. I just think that from a they know who they are on offense. Mm-hmm. They they know we know who Robert Woods is. We know who Cooper Cup is. We know what that defense is and what that identity is. I think the Bears are still trying to figure it out. And I just think pound for pound right now, the L.A. Rams are a better team. So I'm going with the Rams uh, 24 to 17. And then the second part to your dangerous two-part question, what was it? The expectations for this upcoming season for the Bears. Oh, yes. All right. So until for, so the Bears have been 8-8 eight eight the last two seasons. I have not seen anything from the Bears in this preseason or in camp that would lead me to think that they are better than that. Obviously, they can't be eight and eight because of the extra game. So I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them the plus side. I'll, I'll give them nine wins this year, nine and eight. That and and obviously, so much of this is subject to change on what happens at the quarterback spot. Justin Fields can change the equation. I just need to see it. I need to see this team take that next level up, and maybe they will because there's so much we didn't see in the preseason in terms of preserving players and those guys that I mentioned, if they go to the next level. But uh, in terms of giving a prediction on the season, I can't assume those guys are going to go to the next level. And so I got the Bears at 9-8 and eight as we sit here right now. Grody, always love you keeping it a, a buck and being honest. Make sure everyone goes and checks out the Mark Grody Super Duper podcast all right whatever it's called yeah check it check it out follow him at mark grody sports you do a fantastic job i'll talk to you down the line mark thanks ken i appreciate it